Hello and welcome to the 65th episode of The Sausage Factory, which is brought to you by Spong.com and hosted by me, Chris O'Regan. In this show, we interview video game developers and ask them how they made their start making games, what their influences are and who inspires them. Split into two halves, the show initially focuses on the developer themselves, and in the second half we discuss the game they're here to promote, which in this case is Spectra by Gateway Interactive. Jenny! Hi! Who are you? Hello Jenny, who are you and what do you do? Hi, my name's Jenny, I'm from Gateway Interactive and I'm the communications manager here. Yeah. Communications manager, what is that? So, That's not uh, the person who says, oh, this is how you do a transfer on a phone call. <laughs> There's no one knows how to do that in an office, but yeah, go on. <laughs> it's true. Um, go on. It's, <laughs> so um, I get in contact with, um, well, attempt to get in contact with press, uh, as well as, um, like, especially in today's society, you know how YouTube is a huge thing. I try and contact YouTubers, um, see if they're interested in playing the game. Uh, I go to events a lot as well. Um, so, you know, Insomnia is one of our favorite ones. Um, I'm trying to went to Minecon as well. That was cool. Uh, yeah, so I, I saw. Yeah, that was a crazy event. I missed that one, unfortunately. I, I got distracted by something shiny, but um, <laughs> as all nerds do, um, all shiny. Um, but it, obviously, Minecon clearly wasn't shiny enough. Uh, and also, I, I don't know enough about Minecraft because I'm one of those people, because listeners, so everyone knows. Minecraft, was Minecraft was a Minecraft focused yeah. um, show. I know you had there was many other games, including yourself, was there, uh, which annoyed me because I thought it was just about, going to be about Minecraft. But you know, <laughs> for me, don't know about you, but Minecraft, everyone thinks that's a building game. I'm going, no, that's a survival horror game. <laughs> that's what I, I've always treated it like. That, like, what yeah. could I die? Unless you build a vast castle with, you know, vast array of 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 weapons and traps and walls, you're going to die. And that's, <laughs> that's how I played. I've always played that game yeah. uh, because I was, I remember when it first came out and people were going, Oh, you should try this game out. It's bonkers. And lo and behold, I did. And they said, wow, it's just like Lego only with pain and suffering. And <laughs> um, so that's how I've always treated Minecraft. But anyway, tell us, tell, how did Minecon go for you guys? Cause well, that, that was really you, good. You're showing off spectra there. Yeah. Yeah, um, so we had like, our setup, we had a couple of computers and um, like a huge TV. And uh, it's good? Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was just really good, really. We had loads of people play. Uh, it was constantly, you know, if someone left, someone else sat down to play, which was lovely. Yes. Um, but yeah, there, there was a load of indie games there. Um, so uh, we, one of the things that we sort of noticed whilst we were there, um, there was a lot, well, obviously, Minecon, Minecon, Minecraft, a lot of Minecraft things. Mm. Um, a lot of queuing uh, in the indie zone that like you didn't really have to queue kind of thing. Like, you can go straight onto games it was yeah. one of the places that you could actually sit down and enjoy and play games and yeah it was nice which is why when I go to Rezd well especially Rezd or Eurogamer or, or PAX or have you or any other show I usually make a beeline for the indie area because no one's queuing there yeah. and some of the bonkers and greatest games ever made by the way, Minecraft was an indie game, just yeah. saying, um, <laughs> yeah, are found there. And uh, sometimes you do find some weird stuff that you go, and you go, yeah, great, good luck with that, and then walk away very you know, carefully, making sure <laughs> you're not offending anyone. Uh, but you know, vast majority of the time, it's just like, well, that's, that's the thing that should exist. Uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for making that. So wonderful. So yeah. how did you make your start in the industry that is video games? Uh, well, 
Um, if we're looking at the company itself, there was um, Lewis and Duncan. They went to university together um, right. at Hull University, and they met on the, their course in computer science. And I wait, 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 met wait. them. Hull has a university. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hull is just someone living in Hull. Sorry, it's the same. So okay, so they met at university. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, and that's where I met them too, because I went to the same university. Oh wow! Um, so yeah. Like I hadn't really uh, hadn't thought about games that much, but then like I listened to their conversations and like the way that they spoke about the games industry. Like they always wanted to you know create a company and you know um, come in uh, indie and stuff. And I, I sort of caught the passion for it. I was actually like, this sounds so cool. I, I want to be involved what in this. Was your, what was the thing that piqued your interest? What was the thing that like wait they're talking about video games because you said you had no really interest in it. Um, in an industry itself did you ever think of it as an industry until you actually started talking to those two uh, that was one of the things i hadn't really thought about it. it wasn't really on my radar uh, mm. kind of thing so that's what it sort of opened up a new sort of you know new medium for me of like what i could be involved in so i, I like i quite like um narrative and things like that and like talk, you know getting involved um with communities and stuff hence why i do the communications uh, management here and go right. to events and stuff like that and i was just like this is really cool like this, you know this is a way of like doing what i want to do <laughs> yeah i mean the point i've raised to other developers and they've sort of laughed and thinking this is probably a good point chris maybe it's not maybe it's a bit arrogant what i'm about to say but <laughs> video games encompass the many other attributes of all the other entertainment and uh, mediums that we enjoy all yeah. in one package. So yeah. you see, you hear developers making these, you know, sorry, you hear about musicians saying, I spent six or seven months or maybe two or three years on an album. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> you're just doing the music. You're just making some music. Whereas this is like, whereas developer, they decide, oh yeah, I'd spent about, I don't know, three months, maybe a month, maybe two weeks on the music. <laughs> and that was, a, that was a thing. And we did that. Okay, then we moved on. You know, and some exquisite pieces of music have come out of that compressed, like, well, that's just an aspect of the game. Now I've got to talk about, well, the story and the narrative and, and you know, and then I've got to talk about the interaction and then I've got the visual styling and the and the, how you're meant to hit the, the certain synapses in someone's brain as they get rewarded for doing cool things. <laughs> and that's what video games do. And you, when you describe it to someone like that, they go, yeah, and it's really, really, really hard. Mm. And uh, but you know people do it somehow. I don't know how. It, I mean they're doing it, doing it ever more now. So did that strike you as something that that, perple- that you haven't really thought about before, or maybe just now you just thought about it? Or <laughs> well, yeah, that, that's what that was one of the things that sort of drew me to it. It, mm. it encompasses so many aspects. Like you've got the music, you've got the narrative, you've got the visuals. Like there's so many things, so many fields that you could like. You know, if you learn the skills can go into it's yeah. great it's amazing isn't it so you have all this vast plethora of skills and to be reasonable at maths it's like what the hell <laughs> <laughs> no one's asking for calculus right just to point out most people think in uh, when they're doing computer video games or developing that they have to be a, a polymath some are but uh, you don't have to be you don't have to be so okay what are your biggest influences do you think as a company or as you yourself what is the thing that drives you um, certain things that what, what has driven you to create Spectre and all other things you may be working on without hinting about what they are, of course? Um, what, what are the things you think influences uh, Gateway Interactive? Um, 
I think well we've had a, we've had a lot of influences um especially for like uh, the game spectra itself um so the things like um f zero was a big one like i used to i remember i used to play f zero x on my gamecube that was awesome was it um, gamecube was it oh, okay i thought it was it on might have been my, my, I don't know. It's going to be that. Oh, I, I think you're fine. But yeah, whatever. F Zero, awesome game. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, there was also uh, Audio Surf. It's a big one. Oh yes. Yeah. That was crazy. Putting in your own CD collect or MP3 collection and shoving it into a game and then playing it. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. I used to find these like really obscure, fast sort of. Um, um, electronica music, sort of. See what it'll do. See if it'll freak out. Never did. <laughs> Skip a beat. Like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you're 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 saying that um, maybe a higher level question is what are, what are the things that inspire? Do you think Gateway Interactive or yourselves? What what's the things that what do you find yourself gravitating around more than anything that drives you forward that makes you plough that furrow can you can you point to anything um i think like we, we like our sci-fi here mm-hmm. um so things like halo like right. just the epicness of that game and how awesome it can be like it would be great yeah. you know I, I must say i much as i adored three halos three yeah. Um, four, I think this disappeared up its own rear end, story-wise, because they're like, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> it's just, it turns out that there's this whole extra piece of, like, narrative that I knew nothing about, because I wasn't reading all the other books and all the fanfic around, and because I didn't care, because I just wanted to shoot things in the face. But I like <laughs> story, I like narrative, and so, you know, but yeah, um, Halo one to three, thumbs up. But then it just started. Hopefully five, they'll they'll fix that. I just yeah. hope for their sake. But right now, oh god. But yes, <laughs> yeah. And so it's like two thousand and one, maybe you sort of like Tron. Tron, yes. Yeah. Tron, like that. So <laughs> yeah. the look, the aesthetic. Yeah, the is def- a- yeah the, the light cycles. I like the the recent film they put out. That was I went to see it at cinema, and it wasn't yeah. unpleasant. It wasn't great. <laughs> It wasn't great, it's got to be said, but it wasn't unpleasant. They could have really, really, really done a bad job. Instead, they just did a good job. It wasn't brilliant, but it was... Mm. I mean, if it was on, if it's on telly, like anyone watches live television anymore, I don't <laughs> No one does that. Um, if it was on telly, I'd sit down and watch it, but no one does that anymore because no one watches broadcast TV anymore. At least I don't. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I completely understand that. I was at um, one of my friends' house uh, the other day and we were just sat in front of the TV talking and the TV was just off. And I was literally like, I looked at it, I was like, I, I don't even watch that anymore, like, no. ever. <laughs> well, you, well, when you do, it's like, oh, I'm going to watch something you want to watch at that time, you don't. It's like when Game of Thrones is like, I'm not watching it when it comes on. I watch it when I watch it. <laughs> so, cool. Okay, so that's great. So, some influences from other games, other mediums like sci-fi and stuff, and also visual aspects. So it's definitely I can definitely see the Tron influence in Spectra. Um, yeah. yeah, that's that's a bit, also a bit of a Pac-Man there as well. If you think about it, <laughs> just saying. Yeah. What developer do you most admire in the industry, and why? So it can uh, be a person or a company. And by all means, I can give you the free bit of bread and go, you can say Nintendo, I don't mind. 
<laughs> I'm going to throw that bone to you. <laughs> no, um, uh, I, I quite like Face Punch Studios. I, I like the, their attitude that they have to everything. Like Face Punch Studios. Face Punch so, Studios? Could you... Sort of like Rust and... Oh! Did, uh, the game Rust yes. and Gary's Mod. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah, I like that. I like their attitude. Like, it's, it's a, they've got a really strong focus on making good games. And, yeah. And I love Nintendo too. Not going to lie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so I, I recently... I have a NES. I'm a bit of a retro game fan. Yeah. I have a genuine NES. And I was just bit, doing, cleaning a bit, doing a bit of cleaning up. And I'm like, I haven't played that in a while. I sat there for four hours playing Mario. It's still great! <laughs> on, a, on a NES. Not, not on a... Wii or my 3DS on a NES. <laughs> it's just it's, because it's different with that little controller. It's just yeah. different, you know. It's just I'm not being a purist, although it sounds like I am. <laughs> um, but no, my NES is completely refurbished. I don't have, you know, we have a problem where you put a cartridge in and it doesn't work. Yeah, I have little um, little alcohol wipes that just get clean all the contacts. Yeah, when you do that, it works fine. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, you, you just clean all the contacts. And all the dirt goes because you get oxidation on the contacts. You yeah. just clean it, clean it all off with um, with alcohol, not not vodka, but a, a solution. <laughs> you clean it all off with with, with, with any just any and you shove it in the machine. It's fine. Yeah. So I know a lot of people will throw away cartridges like this, can get to work or blow onto them. No, 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 don't do that. It's the worst thing you want. Yeah. You just clean it off with alcohol, and then it get, it gets all the contacts clean, and then you, it doesn't destroy the because you're not hurting the metal. You're just getting rid of the dirt on the metal. Yeah. So if you've got any cartridge machines like Mega Drives or SNESs and you can't get a cartridge to work, it's because the contracts are dirty. Yeah. And, okay. you, and all you do is just clean it off and bing, it's getting clean. Uh, so anyway, yeah, I was, I was playing that. <laughs> so, yeah, Nintendo, great. They, they, they really should carry on what they're doing um, because they're, they're wonderful. Yeah. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, so my next question is my favorite question because – it gives me a hint as to a what you find fun, b what you may be working on next. Although it's highly unlikely because normally the answer to this question has nothing to do with what you're working on next. Um, <laughs> but it does give an idea to the audience and to me that hey, I like playing games too. Basically, the question is, what are you playing right now, other than Spectre? <laughs> you should, oh, you should see the time that I've racked up on Spectre. <laughs> I, like, I could retort insane. that. You should see the time I've. <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing. Yeah, four a.m. Stop it, Gracie. To go to bed. So um, it's a great four a.m. game. I've got recommended. Um, yeah. You can zone out. You actually become one with the game. Weird. <laughs> um, so yes. Uh, yeah. What are you playing other than Spectre? Well, I have a three DS, so I, I quite Excellent. like. Do you have the new one or just regular one? Uh, I, I've just got the regular one. I don't okay, have the new that's... one. I looked at it and I was like, I, I'm actually really tempted. But I, I just... It's good. It's good. Oh, the the good. 3D scheme screen is so good because you know when it actually works now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you, you don't have to put, you don't have to have like a 90 degree perpendicular thing to it. You, so you don't actually... need to be looking at it directly. No, like... you don't. You don't. <laughs> it's just brilliant. So anyway, <laughs> so what are you playing on 3DS? Was it like, you know, Dragon Quest 7 or something or what? I actually, this Harvest Moon, The Lost Valley. Oh. I, like, yeah. <laughs> I quite like that game at the moment. I've been playing that. Oh. Um, well, at, least, at least you're not playing Animal Crossing. Very true. I, I've gone past my Animal Crossing phase. Excellent. I, I... So did I, because I suddenly <laughs> realised, and I know some listeners know about my, my, my issues with Mr. Nook and how actually evil that raccoon is. He is evil. He is. Without a doubt. Evil. <laughs> 
um, he will kneecap you, him and his nephews, for <laughs> I know. those bells. You know, you, you pay him back. You pay him back, right? And then he goes, what, do you want another loan? I know. It's just, and you, you want to expand your house. And yes. You... <laughs> and he just goes, well, that would be another. Well, come on, you know, I'm, I'm going to give this loan interest-free, no obligation. Really, Tom. Really, Tom. <laughs> huh? Really. So anyway, tell me about Harvest Moon because it's not a game I've ever played. Okay, I'm putting my hands up. I first encountered it on a PSP many, many millions ago. I think it's on a PSP. But anyway, tell us what, 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 what's the deal with Harvest Moon? Cause well, I've, only, I've only just started this one, so I'm, I'm still in the throes of figuring it out. Have you played previous ones? I have. Right. Yeah, like, I was very, like, you know, that I played the GameCube like religiously when I was a kid. Oh, um, I love my GameCube. I still remember buying Vogue Squadron and playing that and realising that it looks great but plays like a dog. Sorry, everyone, but it's true. Come on. Rogue Squadron is a beautiful-looking game, but, my God, it plays like a... Uh. But anyway, yes. And, uh, and, and uh, Mario Sunshine, I know it's not great. It's not the best one, but it's good. It's good. It is good. I remember when I was at uni, um, me and a couple of my friends had a phase where I brought in my GameCube, which I like found in the back of my cupboard under like a load of clothes so you know it's not surfaced for a good couple of years right. and i picked it up and i brought it to uni and then uh, suddenly all my other friends uh, they want they all bought one they were like 20 quid or something That's to right. get yeah. a gamecube um and look some of the some shops that still sell some of the gamecube games so I, I found a couple of the ones that i used to play as a kid so i found the hobbit which was awesome right uh and there was also time splitters too i oh, used to play quite a lot yes oh, i played that game. yeah i played that on the xbox oh god Fire tag as the monkey is insane. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There was some. There was up there for me. Time splitters was, the, was close to my first experience of playing um, like uh, FPSs. Forgive me, yeah. I'm very old. But I did my first. My first land game was Doom. Sorry, but that's back in '92, <laughs> '93. So I'm very old. Sorry, I, yeah. But my, my most fondest memory. I was really, really, really good at Unreal Tournament. Really yeah. good. And uh, I had similar sort of memories and, and uh, fun with Time Splitters. Glorious, yeah. glorious game. So, awesome. So, anyway, yeah, uh, Harvest Moon, tell us about this game. What, what's the deal? Uh, oh, yes, you basically, um, you stumble across a Lost Valley, as it's in the title called The Lost Valley. Okay. And... Um, yeah, you basically turn it into farming land. There's not much, like, else. there's a bit of a story to it. Um, so you are trying to restore the seasons in this one. Right. Um, so you've got to wake up harvest sprites. This sounds so... <laughs> but yeah. Um, it's all right. I mean, I'm not asking you... If you said Farmville, then would this call would end. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, that's not... Everyone knows you and I know that's not a game. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, very true. But I'm ashamed ho- to say that I did play it briefly, and I was like, "What am I doing?" Yes, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, it's just everyone does it, you know. Everyone's like, everyone plays Candy Crush. Well, I don't, just to be clear. Yeah. But everyone's like, "Oh God, this is this is a horrible match three game." Ugh. <laughs> it's not very good. It's like when people play threes. Now, threes is awesome. The original, mm. I believe, threes because it has character and because you have the little creatures making noises when you when you match. I'm assuming you play threes. Forgive me. Uh, Threes is a three back anyway, and then there's a there's a, there's a game called um, Twenty Forty Eight, which is a complete rip off of Threes, and it lacks all the emotion and just joy. <laughs> uh, it's a complete clone, but it just takes away all the spirit of the original, 
And yeah. like, why you, and people see people playing it going, why, why are you doing that? And they do it because it's free and it's got all like bits of like, you know, free to play nonsense that's bolted onto it. Whereas threes, no, it's not free. It's yeah. 69 pence and therefore people don't play it. <laughs> so, so Harvest Moon then, I mean, there's, there's been many, many different Harvest Moons. I mean, there's, it's normally like a fantasy setting, but it's sci-fi setting as well, isn't there? And, all sorts of uh, I think there was like a, a rune something. Yeah. Uh, I, c- I can't remember what that was. Rune Factory or something like that. Yeah. yeah. I might take a look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so, how's it play on a 3DS? Is it a 3DS game or is it a DS game? I don't know. Uh, it's a 3DS game. Uh, I don't think the act- it's actually 3D though. Like, I remember no, switching I it on and I was like, ah, n- nothing changed. Nothing so, I turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And what keeps you coming back to that? What's the, what's the thing that you you're drawn to why do you keep on playing it do you think to like to be honest i don't know i don't (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know why it's it's quite addictive for me i quite like the fact that i have to maintain something what's the what's the what's the feedback you you know the feedback loop you get from from it it must be drawing you back what's the thing you think it is like when i when i was playing the fact that, that i think in this one you sort of have free creation to do whatever you want like it's very to bring up minecraft uh it's got a similar sort of thing like you can raise the land lower the land like you can essentially i'm trying to think of the best way to describe it um you have like complete control over the land and how it's laid out and i quite like that so i come back and i hack away at the land and make it how i want it to be and then just just building a farm really (laughs) Right, so basically, it's like civilization, if I may. Uh, reason I love civilization is seeing your empire start from a little village into this vast global spanning thing that where the sun never sets. Mm. At least that's what happens to my because <laughs> I I start off being passive until someone just one just one person just just fights me and go all right, and then spend <laughs> the next seven hundred years annihilating them because of that one little scrap I had with them. Um, yeah, I'm a bit <laughs> genocide against. So, um, okay, so that's you like building stuff, clearly. That's great. Yeah. And you, you said you first encountered it on the GameCube. Is that what you were saying? Yeah, uh, it was years ago. Years uh, ago. That's when you first... I've never, never known it was on the GameCube. I'm trying that's... to figure out which um, one it actually... Which version it was. Yeah. Um... Do some Google searches. Yeah, so you can hear the. I can hear the. I can hear the. A wonderful bait. life. That was it. Harvest Moon. A wonderful life. Okay, must have been one of the earliest ones then. Okay. Uh, trying to think. Two thousand and three. Yeah. Wow. That's twelve years. I'm just saying. Twelve. Oh God! I didn't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> I keep on reminding people when, when people say, "Oh, that was back in '97." Yeah, do you know how long ago it was? '97. <laughs> Think about it. Because people think, oh, it's only about 10 years ago. No, it's not. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's like when the first Xbox came out. You know, when I was like 14, 14 years. Oh, you know, <laughs> when people start going, what's retro now? Yeah, the PS2 is now retro. <gasps> oh, but I remember it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I got that for Christmas. I remember yeah. when I got PS2 for Christmas. Oh. <laughs> and just think, but I remember when it was launched. I know I was there. I bought <laughs> when it, I, I bought mine when it was launched, and like I can't beat it is. So it's like a PSP. That's retro. <gasps> it is. <laughs> Time has a tendency to do that to people. 
he keeps on going and doesn't stop. Well, it does eventually, but that's a discussion for another time, not now. Because now we're going to move on from Harvest Moon and philosophical discussion of the end of time to uh, Spectra, which is what we're here to talk about now in the second half of the show. is Spectra. So Spectra is a procedurally generated rhythm racer game. Uh, so you have your little ship and you are flying down the track to a uh, to music. So we've got 10 tracks um, and they're by a music art- chiptune artist called Chipsol. So if you've ever played Super Hexagon before, yes, uh, you that, might recognize. Uh, which I recognized the first 30 odd seconds of these tunes. <laughs> uh, which replays over and over again because anyone who's played Super Hexagon would know how difficult. So it's <laughs> in, it's just it's a beautiful, beautiful game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you, that, and thankfully the soundtrack is phenomenal. Otherwise, that game would die on its feet, wouldn't, <laughs> wouldn't it? Let's just face it: if the soundtrack was dreadful, you wouldn't put up with it. But you want to know more. You want to hear more of that sound. And the only way you're going to hear it is by being better at Super Hex. I remember when I played Super Hex the first time, I was awful. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 if, if your phone wasn't so expensive, it would get, be thrown against the wall. <laughs> uh, but yeah, glorious piece of coding, that is. It's so, it's so, so, you know, exquisite. So yes, so elegant. That's the word I was looking yeah. for. So, all right. And anything more you want to tell us about it? So yeah, you're you're flying down um, the purple track, and uh, yeah, there are pink barriers that get in your way. Uh, Mm. So if you run into them, they will pin you off like a pinball, uh, almost like the pinball esque, um, off off the track. Which is bad. And you, yeah, which is bad. (laughs) No, the whole aim is to complete the song, Uh, and then you collect the orange boxes that are on the road as well yes. to uh, build up your score well your score buffer and then after a certain amount of times uh, your points will bank and they will go into your score uh, in the top left hand corner there right. yeah and it's all like the music is all uh, well no the game is heavily relies on the music as because it reads the energy and the track has gauntlet sections that it puts in front of you and you uh, go through these gauntlet sections uh, that have ran- been randomized with the barriers and the boxes. Mm. So a lot of pre- replayability. Going yeah. So, so you you could go onto one track and then go back onto the menu, go back onto the same track, and it will be different to what you just played. Which I have found to my cost. Thanks, 4am. 
So you've already hinted at this, but I wanted to dig deeper into this next. Uh, my next, my first formal question about Spectre, because the first question, as regular listeners will know, is called the zeroth question, which is an Asimov reference. Uh, basically, you giving you a chance as a developer to pitch the game that we're here to talk about. But now I'm going to next four questions. Uh, just like any other video game, it has a difficulty setting or difficulty curve. We can now start to ramp up. So feel free to throw things at me towards the end by the time we get to question four. So question number one, proper one, is what is the relationship between the music and the narrow path the player ship flies along? I know you've already described it, but could you dig yeah. a little deeper for me, please? So there's um, an algorithm uh, that listens to the music, sort of measures the energy of it, and it will uh, select gauntlet sections uh, that it will put in front of the player. And then on top of that, the barriers and the boxes are also where their placement is also randomized as well so hence like we want the replayability aspect from that because uh, you can't memorize the track essentially so when you come back it'll be different and then you know it, the player will, hopefully the player will want to keep, uh, keep going and complete the level right is what we're going for one of the yeah. funs i like to things i like to do which you may say chris it's a bad idea <laughs> is you know when they track loops in on itself or splits into three or two yeah um, sometimes I find myself falling off and just landing on the lower level and <laughs> carrying on. You probably think, Chris, that's not how you're supposed to play this. Well, um, it, that's one of the aspects we wanted to bring that in. Um, yeah. you, you actually get style points as well. Yeah. Uh, so if you jump from one track to another, you'll get this air bonus. Yeah. So it's sort of. Yeah, we're like encouraging players. It's a whole risk reward thing. Like if you jump from one level to the next, obviously there's, you know, the chance you'll fall off, have to start again, but then you get a higher score. Yeah, so when it's possible, I mean, I love doing that. There was a many years ago, I used to play uh, one of my guilty pleasures, and you can feel free to again write vicious emails to me to say <laughs> what I'm about to say. But I like Ridge Racer. I know, sorry, I know it's not a racing game. All right, I get it. Uh, it isn't. Uh, it looks like one, and it's even got racer in the name of the game, but it's not. It's not a racing game. And I remember discovering uh, a section of the track was I didn't think it was there because I jumped off the edge of something and landed on another bit. And that's, yeah. what, I, that's, what Spectre, that's what, when I was playing Spectre, it reminded me of that, you know, discovering that, oh, I can't do something. <laughs> it's like when we were talking earlier before this, we started recording the show, where people change games by, they, they enhance the enjoyment of a game by manipulating the rules as they see fit. Even though the game will allow you to do something, you'd actually just change it slightly to make it even more entertaining. Mm. So that's what I love doing is just like bouncing off one of the purple things and hurtling into space in the vain hope that actually we'll hit the track below. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes it works, most times it doesn't. But that's good because then I'm going to start again. Um, so speaking of falling off the edge, um, the, the track, just to be clear, everyone, there's no real constant like barriers on the other either side of the track there are some barriers there but we'll talk about those in a second maybe <laughs> now i don't know but there's little yellow barriers every now and again that to stop you from um falling off the edge but if you hit them bad things happen um yeah they, they were originally like for safety so that the player would be like oh you know every now and then there's barriers i can yes. i can definitely stay on the track yeah. when actually like when we were actually playing it we found that most people found them more of a hindrance, if anything, That's like right, yeah. you know, knocking them off, yeah, uh, yeah. that sort of thing. It, it becomes sort of adds to it. It adds to it. But so the track's very narrow. I think you may disagree, but it's kind of narrow, and it's really easy to fall off the edge if you're not careful. I mean, it's, this is a game where when I tell people 
uh, you play racing games, one of the biggest tips I play, I mean, I'm not a very good racing game player, but uh, one of the things I tell people is don't think about where you are. Think about where you're going. In other words, look at the horizon mm. and think about how you're going to get there because <laughs> that's how, how you want to be because you, you're hitting there and you need to be there. Think about so don't look in the middle of the screen. Look pretty much at the top, which is yeah. this is how I play the game. As, mm. as the things are coming towards you, you can then preempt. So you don't really. I mean, I don't really look at my little ship at the bottom of the screen at all. Yeah, and he's not really. He's, he's doing something. It's doing something. I don't know if I'm calling it he, but it's doing. It's it's responding to my controls, but mm. I don't acknowledge its existence until I fail. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, that's what a lot of people tell us. They tend to look at the horizon more than you know, sort of feel when it's right to move the ship in between the barriers. Exactly. This guy, well, the barrier's coming up, so by the time I move my thumb, because I'm old, and you know, <laughs> hand, hand-to-eye coordination isn't what it used to be, it's going to be okay. But how have you, have you balanced the game against frustration? Because, it's, like I said, it's very easy to fall off the edge of the track. So how have you play-tested that? How has that gone through the cycle of making sure that it isn't annoying to... <laughs> Um, how has that gone through uh, well it's definitely completable um, but it's just playing it really like yes it is frustrating and again and again you know you've got to um, do as much yeah sorry (laughs) that's alright let's let's just sort of go around this topic just a little bit more before we move on to the next question really what I'm trying to say is that you have you know, it's it is it's very easy to fall off the edge. Yeah, it's not. I mean, most games don't punish you so much because it is quite punitive, isn't it? For yeah, you to fall off the edge. It's that frustration. We want people to like they'll be playing the game, they'll fall off, and yes. it's the fr- frustration that makes them want to keep going. Like, no, I can do better than that. I can yes. do better than that. That's it's, right. Especially when it's with um, like groups of people. Like when we've taken it to events before, we've had like one person will start playing it, and then their friends will come over. And then their friend will be like, I can beat that. And then, you know, they'll take over and then they'll try and beat their score. And then you've got people squabbling about who's doing better. I think uh, one of the things that the game, just to, yeah, you're right. People compete because it looks so easy, doesn't it? Yeah. I yeah, mean, so you look at it and you think, I can do that. I can do better than that. How hard <laughs> could this be? Come on. I, 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 I played Dark Souls for funk's sake. Come on. <laughs> I've, I've, I've finished Dark Souls. How hard this could this be? <laughs> and it turns out, oh God, because it just there's nuance, there's subtleties to it that you don't understand. Yes, it is just left and right. There's no booster, there's no power ups, nothing. It's just you, the music, and the track, mm. and your hand-eye coordination and your ability to avoid purple blocks. True, um, but Twitch dynamic. <laughs> yes, it's Twitch, but there is aspects to it we've already uncovered. Yeah. There are much, much more to it than that. So yeah, you've got all these Dark Soul players going, "Come on, I played this." Oh God! <laughs> and then they're, they're, they're all jeering each other on, you know, like, "Are you an idiot? How can, how can you not?" Oh God! And, yeah. and then they get hold of it and realise it's much more difficult than it looks. Um, so my next question is related to that. Um, there's definitely elements of F Zero in, yeah. in Spectra. How much um, of, of F Zero was the, uh, the the influence? How much do you think the footprint of F Zero have in Spectra? In percentage, seventy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I can't give you an exact percentage. No, no, that'd be uh, ridiculous. <laughs> uh, but no, I think it was one of the uh, 
one of the bigger ones. Like we wanted something that seemed fast paced. Um, obviously that retro vibe, F Zero. Yeah, that was on the um, snares. The one that I was thinking of earlier was F Zero GX. Uh, uh, that was on the GameCube. I remember it that. Was, yes. Uh, did you know? Did you know? This is an aside. Um, it's possible because you know that F Zero came out as an arcade machine. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it came out big stand up cabinet. Put yeah. You know, fifty pence or two pence or two quid in whatever into it to actually play F Zero. Okay. Because mm. Nintendo did this. They released arcade machines of their games, which is but anyway, they did that. And uh, <laughs> I played the Mario Kart game, Mario Kart Eight, which is pretty good. Um, but um, yeah, they and you can the, that version of f-zero is locked into the gamecube version yeah but you have to unlock it using various codes and stuff but okay. apparently it's it's a very different game it's slightly faster and much harder because it's an arcade game therefore it has to be much harder because they want you to point co- coins into it <laughs> so um okay cool so yeah. yeah you said the retro aspect and thing i mean it was also the the, the, the point of f-zero being very pleasing to watch and seemingly easy to play yeah. When when you're looking on, was that? Do you think that sort of carried over to to Spectra? Ah, uh, hopefully. Yeah, we, we <laughs> want people. To, we want people to look at it and be like, "Oh, I can do that." You know, it's, it's a very easy pick up and play sort of game. Um, but it is deceptive. Yeah, <laughs> it is hard. Because <laughs> I, I mean, that's the thing. I was standing there at Eurogamer when I first encountered this game. Uh, when I first encountered Spectra back last year, 2014. Uh, I'm not sure if that was the first public outing. It probably wasn't. But anyway, I was playing it. And uh, I thought, this, why am I so rubbish at this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's quite, you know, I, like, I should be better than this. And sadly, I never actually competed a track while I was there because I couldn't hear anything. Yeah. Which says a lot because the game isn't just about visuals. You have to listen to music in order to get that rhythm to understand when you, when you should risk trying to get that little yellow cube that's in a really weird place in the track. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I mean, can I ask you about the plotting of the of the yellow cubes? Because you do munch your way through these yellow cubes and they, you know, like I said, you bank them over a period of time. Yeah. The placement, how is that settled? How, how, did, how is that designed? Uh, well, unfortunately, I'm not one of the coders, so I won't be able to uh, explain that. But I know it's just part of the algorithm. All I know is the placement of it is all uh, randomly generated. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I unfortunately won't be, can't be able to give you any details on that. Any details? No, I'm not <laughs> asking for actual coding for how it's done, but is there like a, like a series of triggers and flags that say, look, I'm going to put that cube there, and then the rest of them are going to be over there? Because it's quite common that you get one on one side of a blue, of a, of a purple block, just the one, and then there's a whole run of them on the other side. And it's, think, it's quite common for me to go, oh, I can't be bothered with you. I just <laughs> well, it's, it's all down to uh, the way that the algorithm interprets the music uh, and the, on the placement of it, really. Uh, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like The amount of times that I've played the game, there'll, there'll be one um, block that's yeah. on the wrong side of a barrier, oh, yeah. and I will try and get it. Uh, the thing is, I've done this so many times. I will do the same thing over and over, and I will keep falling off that track. <laughs> but I will keep. I'm so determined to get that one block, and then eventually I'll just rage quit and you yeah. know smash another mug by and, accident, and, go, and then go off to Harvest Moon again. And... <laughs> True. Yeah. And I'll be like, I, I need quiet time with my farm. I'm yes. Just <laughs> I, you know. Whereas back in the day, it used to be Animal Farm and Animal Crossing. And then yes. yelling at Tom, look, going, you evil! Oh, okay, fine, <laughs> done. Now I'm mad at you, and now I'm, oh, I can't, you know, so, yeah. So, 
last question. I know all good things come to an end, and it was the last question now. Sad <laughs> face. Bonus points are awarded for grazing the purple blocks that appear on the track. These blocks, by the way, I'm not impassable, but if you hit them, generally you get bashed around and the, yeah. the track slows down and it's, it's bad. It's bad <laughs> How did that come about? Why are you rewarding players for almost hitting something? Um, it's, it's more for style. We wanted to, uh, to add an aspect, you know, where people can build up their points as much as they can that was one of the things about spectra like yes you can complete the track and you can get three stars but then your personal best might not be that high and you know you compare it to your friends and they might have a higher score we wanted a way of making it easier for you to build that so again it's the whole risk reward thing you can graze against the barrier uh, and get extra points but if you accidentally you know go slightly one pixel too far you can smash into it and it will fly you off the track so that is that sort of aspect we were going for, sort of risk and reward. As happens to me far, far too often. <laughs> when I first discovered that, I go, ooh, ooh, that's a lot of points. I'm going to do more. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> it's when you hit the multipliers as well, and it just gets more and more tempting to do it. Yeah, until event, you know, You'll build up a big points buffer, and then you'll accidentally go one too far and then yes. collide with it. Because you're a human being, and you just don't know <laughs> when to stop. You know, <laughs> like, oh, I'll have a cupcake. I'll have another cupcake. I'll, no, stop. No, I have another. Oh, <laughs> like, I, I have managed to get it uh, on Spectra one time when I got, uh, I think it's like pixel perfect almost um, between two barriers. So right. you're grazing it on both sides of the uh, of the ship Ooh. and you're just getting nice, 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 nice racking up on the side. And you're just like, oh, yes, <laughs> <laughs> I am one with the universe. <laughs> But then, like you know, you get to the end of it, and then you've re- suddenly realised that you have to bank these points, otherwise the entire thing is useless. <laughs> <laughs> well, at that point, you then oh well, that's the beauty of the spectra is that you then adjust your risk exposure. Yeah, that's the one thing you've got to do. It's you've got to embrace risk, but you also got to embrace it's okay. Just you know, put off the gas just a little bit. Just you know, let go. <laughs> it's all right. Just cruise along for a bit. Just don't fall off the freaking edge, please. <laughs> Anything but that. Well, you never know. If you have a high enough score buffer and you lose it all, there might be an achievement in that. Who knows? Maybe. Yes, there is. There is an achievement. Yeah, I'm just thanks for <laughs> revealing that. But yeah, I did not know that. No, I'm going to chase that one down. Not that I actually chase achievement points. But um, anyway, Spectra, it is out now. Is that right? Yes. We called yes. this show. It's out on the following platforms. It's on Windows, PC, Linux, and Mac. Uh, via Steam, uh, which is that I play on the Windows PC. By the way, I just I don't know. I just I have a 360 controller plugged into my PC, and there it is. <laughs> Although sometimes a PS4 controller, which is a rather oh. nice controller, because um, I, I kind of yeah I like the thumb controls on those. Don't know why. Also yeah. on the Xbox One, of yes. course, um, and Windows Phone. Is that right? Yes. Well, it was originally a Windows Phone, uh, Windows game, Windows Phone game. Right. Uh, and that's you know sort of gone from there, sort of expanded onto other platforms. Is it? Uh, is it a Linux? Uh, a Unix game? It's not, is it? This is a not a Unix Un- game. We're talking about um, Unity. Unity. Yes, it was. It is a Unity. Unity game. So hence the the spread of platforms there. Mm. Uh, any any plans for any other platforms? Uh, well, at the moment, we're just sort of working on Spectra right now on the platforms we have it, um, you know, working on updates and talking okay. to the community about what they want. Right. Uh, 
So, so yeah. before you go diving off into Android, PlayStation land, etc. Yeah. Assuming you do. I don't know. It's up to you. <laughs> uh, but I'm saying because it's done in Unity, you can do that, right? 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 I don't know. So I'm not going to tease it out because that's wrong with me. Do go grab it. It's a fantastic, fantastic game. We're, we're, Jenny and I have spoken about it for the past 45 minutes. So obviously it's worth your time too. Jenny, thank you very, very much for being on the show. Really oh. appreciate it. Thank you for having me. <laughs> and um, do come back on the show when you've got something else. Yeah, definitely. You, you're no doubt creating right now, but can't talk about it. <laughs> Your hamster knows way more about it than, than anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> and so ends another episode of the Sausage Factory. Do leave us an iTunes review. And you can also, don't forget, listen to us on Stitcher.com. So just go to Stitcher.com and you can stream the show from there you just look up the sausage factory and you can find us that'd be great you can follow me on twitter at chris o'regan no apostrophes and uh, if you want to email me any feedback on the show or actually you're a developer you listen to the show and want your game featured on it please do email me at chris at spong.com bye